I'm here, so. <laughs> I'm Shea Gooch Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. Howdy, Oklahoma. My name is Chet Holmgren, and I'm down to dunk. Dead gum. I'm Josh Giddy, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. <laughs> I have, I don't, is that like you eat it together? Everybody tells me to get the bag of burgers. I need like a straw. Like. <laughs> Howdy. I, I'm, a, I'm an artist on the court. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. My name is Kenrich Williams, and I'm down to dunk. It might be Aaron Wiggins. This is a troll. It's a troll. I'm trolling. Howdy, Papa. I think it would take away from who he is, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love Oklahoma. <laughs> I love Oklahoma to death. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. Perfect. Good. Very good. I like the hat. You bro. like the hat? Yeah. <laughs> Vava? This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I've been doing a lot of dunking. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Mondays is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Well, I've been better. Uh, so <clears throat> I'm a bit sick. So if the pod is um, going on a wrong way, you, you know why. Um, so, okay, I'll try my best. <laughs> You got to show up, man. You just got to keep showing up. No, uh, yeah, we're we're thankful that you're here with us on the pod, Michele. Even though you don't feel great, um, you know what? Thunder had the most fun, disappointing, crazy, insane game maybe ever on on Saturday. Like I still can't believe it. I mean, people. I mean, I. At church yesterday, I don't know how many people came up to me and were like, hey, like just wanted to talk about the game, just how insane it was. Uh, they won 126-120 to 120 against the Mavs, and unless you've been living under a rock, you know that they let the Mavs go on a 30 to nothing run. 30 to nothing. I'm sitting there watching, thinking, this is going to be the embarrassment of the century here for the Thunder. That they gave up a thirty to nothing run, I thought they're toast. They're down six now. You know they were up twenty four, and yeah. even if they were up six during that moment, you would have thought like, oh boy, like momentum is gone. Like when you say momentum is gone, that's like an understatement. Like I don't even know what to say. The NBA can't find a game on their record since play by play started in the late nineties. They can't find a game like this. This is the only game like this. This is the only 30 to nothing run ever recorded that we are aware of. And somehow, the Thunder still won the game. They still won the game. I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they shut off the water because they should have done it. Why don't you just try doing it before you let a 30-0 run happen? They didn't. And then they made history. It was the craziest, most bizarre basketball game ever. Had some heroics from Chet. It was one of those moments where there's just no way that they could have won the game without Chet in that game. He had three blocks and four points in the last couple minutes of the game. He was like one of the huge reasons why that they won that game. Wow. Um, that was uh, quite the monologue there. <clears throat> I, I, I feel like 
I feel like I was um, probably a little bit uh, less mad about them uh, because I thirty to nothing, thirty to nothing. I mean, come on, man, that was nuts. That was crazy bad. But if you look at the way in which that thirty to nothing happened, uh, I mean, there were like probably three, four, five possessions where I. I almost threw my shoe to the television. Yeah. Um, but many possessions were good ones. And it's just, oh, that that was an open corner tree. Oh, clank. Okay. On the other end, bad tree swished by Luca. Well, that can happen. He and only had it, seven it points to, of the of the thirty. If he if he like went on like a personal run that was like twenty points or whatever. Oh, I know, I know. I would have been more no. understanding, but it's like hey, like AJ Lawson's doing this to you? I mean, it was just, it yeah. was it was wild. That was wild. Yeah, it, it was wild. But to me, it was not that the Thunder decided um, to stop playing defense or stop playing offense. It's just that I felt like for the entire game, they didn't have um, their offense going yeah. from the beginning. They had a lot of threes going in, but it was not their offense. And at the beginning, they allowed Dallas to take open corner trees with players that are not good shooters. Mm-hmm. This was the decision from the beginning of Mark Degnall saying, okay, we'll defend this way. We'll double team Luca whenever it's necessary when he gets too close to the basket. And on the other end, they decided to double Shea immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so to me, it was not like any of the two teams playing a different brand of basketball. It was just different results shooting-wise. I think they the Dallas shot like 80% in that stretch, and OKC yeah. shot 0% in that stretch. They also had so, four turnovers during that stretch too, though. Like they, yeah, like they the, were turnovers are the, ba- the turnovers were bad, but they were at the beginning. This is, this like, is also... I'm a little, I'm a little bit uh, perplexed by you, Michele, because I thought that this would be like a, a, a Dort soapbox time for you. Because no, the I, offense was I like know. flowing to lose I, so much during that stretch, and he was like trying to create out of it a lot as I well, know, know, which was like I a know, huge part of like the problem in the offense. I know, I know, like most of you guys are like, why is Andrew so upset about like the thirty zero run? I just thought it was crazy. No, 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 I, I, I just I thought think, it was crazy. I, I mean, just, listen, I'm going to sometimes there are a lot of things in the NBA where I'm like, hey, this just happens. This is part of the league. This is These are things that happen on a night-to-night basis. I watch a lot of NBA basketball. A lot of the things that happen that people get upset about are not uh, are things that you know happen a lot. And it's just like, yeah, what can you do? You know, some guys, sometimes guys make shots. What can you do? Like, don't get upset about, like, the Timberwolves game. Like, yeah, it happens. Like, those games happen. Like, th- this, this doesn't happen. Like, it doesn't. It doesn't happen. It hasn't happened. It doesn't happen. These things don't Maybe happen. Maybe it will happen more. Uh, I don't know. With how offenses are going and with uh, many teams like the Wizards uh, or the, um, the, the the Pistons, maybe it will happen. Who yeah. knows? Um, OKC also lost one of the most perplexing game in Memphis a couple of years ago where yeah. they lost by, I don't know, 75. I don't remember. And there it, wasn't it a 30 like- to nothing run in that game. I know, which is bizarre. The point is to me that there may be coaches that try to um, switch players and to just cut out the embarrassment. Mm-hmm. I, I think that Mark has a different philosophy about this. Say, okay, okay, let me see. Oh, nice, you're doing that. No, yeah, 
this doesn't work. Um, and, and speaking of turnovers, I, I, I think that there were two parts of the 30-0 run. The first part was in between the third quarter and the fourth, mm-hmm. where OKC slowly let, I think, four or five possessions playing very bad basketball. Yeah. And then Dallas made like basket over basket. It was like a plus 15, plus 17, I don't remember. Yeah. And from that point on, it was, oh, we, oh, oh no, we are not, we're not, uh, we're not able to, to stop this run. Mm-hmm. So to me, there was a little bit of carelessness at the beginning and then some, I mean, just incredible shot making and incredible poor shooting by the Thunder. So yeah. I'm not that. I don't think that that will replicate. I think that that is something yeah, that yeah, happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, just to and, be clear, like, I'm not mad. I am just, like, flabbergasted. I am just, yeah. like, I'm just, like, I can't believe that it happened. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, I'm not, I'm not angry about it. I'm just, it is insane that it happened. Yeah. It is crazy that it happened. That and I'm trying stretch. to react accordingly. Because when things that are this crazy, that happen. I just think we need to acknowledge it. We need to just let it yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think that in that stretch, Isaiah Joe had two wide open corner trees. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, this is, and, and to me, the 30 to 0 run is probably the first craziest thing that happened. The second craziest thing that happened, and it's also in the chat, but it's something that I, I keep watching is the Bertans shot from three with one point whatever oh my shot gosh. in the clock. That where, was so wild. That was so wow. wild. But that is that is the Bertans game in in every facet. I mean, he tries on defense, but he's terrible. He makes a lot of shots. I mean, 15 points on, on, on six, well, sorry, five offensive possessions. Mm. That is that is insane. And that shot, it's uh, it encapsulates the um, the shooting power of Bertans. Yeah. Yeah, was, I mean they they needed that that Davis Bertans game. I mean he had he had uh 15 points on three field goal attempts. And some of that yeah. is just like Dallas needs to know better to not foul Davis Bertans at the three yeah. point line cuz he's going to sink all three free throws and that's going to be the end of it. Um I will say the mental fortitude that it took and even like JW even said like they didn't panic. Which is really something for them to, and this is this is kind of a mark thing from the beginning, is that they want to have like this mentality where they're able to kind of let things go quickly and move on to the next thing. And they kind of, mm-hmm. I mean, they did that in the game, which is yeah. wild to me that they allowed a thirty to nothing run happen, and then and then locked down, shut the water off for the Mavs in a really impressive way in that like Chet was blocking everything. Shea, that steal that Shea had where he essentially knew the out-of-bounds play that they were running by the pin-down screen that they ran and said, oh yeah, yeah. I know what they're going to do. I'm going to go get that. I'm just going to go get the ball. And he did. Yeah, I mean, that was so impressive. And I am definitely somebody that's like, I don't, I don't know that I want to call the Thunder contenders. I know that people are calling the Thunder contenders now. I mean, they're fifth in offense, fifth in defense, the only team that's top five in both offense and defense right now, second in net rating. I mean, all indicators of being one of the best teams in the league. And I still like definitely want to like pump the brakes a little bit on like them being contenders. But that moment, after all of the insanity that happened, 
with a 30 to nothing run to get it together enough to get stops. And some of it was like the Mavs. The Mavs miss like a couple like really wide open shots. But to get it together mm-hmm. enough to win that game was so, so impressive. I mean, it, mentally, to be able to let that go and to lock in enough is so, so impressive. I mean, that that to me is maybe more of an indicator that I think that they could really do some stuff in the playoffs, more so than their offensive and defensive rec, um, rating, just because it's like, man, in order to win in the playoffs, you have to be so mentally tough. I mean, you yeah. look at Cleveland. Cleveland was like one of the only teams with the top offense and defense in the, in the NBA last season, losing round one. Like, they weren't ready for it. Jared Allen talked about how he wasn't ready for it. Yeah. But, like, some of the – and maybe they'll get bounced in round one, too. And, like, that's, that's fine. Like, you don't – the expectation is not that they need to, like, win a round or two. Um, but I think guys like Shea and Chet are just mental – they're just built differently as, like, a mental component of the game. Like, they just – are going to be high. They're obviously high quality players, but I think they're just mentally a little bit different too. And you can see that at the end of the game, like they both just locked in. I was, I was just so, so impressed that they're able to get it together. I was so impressed by Chet Holmgren. I mean, he, he decided the game. I mean, yes, Shea had the steal, but if we are honest, I mean, Shea didn't have a good game. He. He had one point yes, at halftime. He, he had one point, like through almost yeah. like two and a half quarters. He just yeah, that is the thing that scared me the most about that game: the fact that Shea couldn't get his. It happens, but you know, um, that is a scary thing. Like when Shea is like that, what do you have? Uh, and, and I was saying though that the fact that Chet could be the guy that OKC needed down the stretch three consecutive times with three amazing blocks and with two putbacks. Like, he did everything. Like, this is this is not rookie stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it's no. it's incredible how productive he is, how incredible he is at, at his age, at his experience. I mean, mm-hmm. we all know the drawbacks in having a center like Chet. I mean, you, you will surrender rebounds when you face the center that is tough and, and heavy and, and strong. You may get beat down low um but then you have all the rest i mean mm-hmm. and the equation is what matters today and it's and okc is winning it like i know that the net rating uh and the top five and whatnot is we should be a little bit careful because okc is shooting very well uh opponents are not shooting very well but if you look at the way in which okc win and lost games you can pinpoint that basically in every game Chad had to face a very tough um, bully ball mm-hmm. downside, down low, mm-hmm. in all the, the game they lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe for the, the exception is the game that they didn't have Shea against Golden State. So, I mean, they have deficiency against a very specific kind of team, which, I mean, it's it's not, not it's, a, it's a good number of teams that have very good center. So it's not nothing, but to be able after 20 games, to say, hey, we have that single issue. And if we mm-hmm. are able as a team, 
or with the guys that we have right now to fix it, we're there. Yeah. I mean, the net rating that they have tells you that the record that they should have, it's better than this one, which which is insane to think about. Yeah. I mean, yeah, second in net rating is is wild. And, and some of it is like they have just really put it on the bad teams. I mean, they just let them have it. Um, but isn't it, isn't that part of it? Yeah, it is. I mean, the 72 uh, Golden State Warriors, which yeah. is not a comparison that they want to, they were demolishing teams. Yeah. Period. Because yeah. you have to win this way. I mean, the, the OKC, the, the good OKC teams. Uh, you had like the lamb cigar or the cigar Johnson or whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, you had you had those because you, basically yeah. in the fourth quarter there was no game. I yeah. mean, so yeah, it's not that dissimilar. You should demolish like lesser teams. You should impose mm. your way of playing against bad teams, which is what OKC is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they were good uh, off the bench. I mean, they got a ton of production. Jay Will was awesome in this game in the minutes that he played. Yeah. He played 15 minutes. He was four or five from three. He had like two or three charges. I mean, he was just all over the place. He was really I good. I think three. Yeah. Uh, Bertans, clearly in 11 minutes, 15 points in 11 minutes on three field goal attempts. I mean, he was crazy. He even like paid attention on defense and made some plays on defense. I was like, wait, what is going on here? Does he, did he mean to do that? Is he Is he doing this on purpose? Um, he deflected a pass. Yeah, I was like, man, that was yeah. that blew my mind. Uh, Casey Wallace was really, really good. Really, 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 good. really, really, really good. 15, yes. 15 points in 20 minutes, 6 of 12 from the field, 6 boards. The 6 boards were huge, too. Yeah. Like, they, they need, and that's the thing. Is like, some, of the, some of it is on Chet, like, he just has to be, and he will get better. I mean, he's, this is probably the worst version of Chet that we're going to see. But, like, the other guys need to be better, too. Like, J-Dub can be better. Obviously, Giddy can be better in almost every facet of the game. Shea can even be better on the boards, you know. But, like, you look at the guys off the bench. Like, Isaiah Joe had seven boards in that game. Kaysen Wallace had six. Uh, Kenrich had six. Like, those guys are contributing. Um, it's not all on Chet. Like, those guys have got to, like, just... There are so many instances that you watch. And, like, the Thunder won the rebounding battle. In this game, so like I'm not yeah. even mad about the rebounding in this game, but I think part of the reason that they won it is because you have these guards that are just like going after it. Like Kaysen's just going after it, and I think you could yeah. argue he could have played more. Like I, I would have honestly loved to see more of Kaysen Wallace in that game. Yeah, I think also that Chet is uh, moving from trying to get a lot of rebounds and focusing on, hey, I'm going to do my best to box out my guy. Mm-hmm. Um, that, to me, is a focus that I'm I'm trying to to watch the, the best I can how he does that. Um, and I think the focus is, hey, I I need to grab rebounds when I'm contesting and I'm like maybe in a, in a crowd, mm-hmm. but I also need to, to be the first guy to really box out because I have teammates that can get rebounds. And I think that that is... What happens? What happened against the um, the Mavs? Mm-hmm. Granted, yeah. the Mavs didn't have like any very very good rebounder, so that helps. Yeah, I mean, like Lively was aw- Lively and Luca were awesome. Like those two, yeah, were incredible. Luca, I mean, Luca yeah. had thirty six, fifteen, and eighteen, two steals, two blocks. 
I mean, holy smokes. I mean, something, yeah. something that saved the Thunder, too, is that they shot really bad from the free throw line. They were 23 of 35 yeah. in this one. And that is like, if that's the Mavs giving it away. You know, if you don't make your free throws, and you look at the Thunder, like the Thunder, 80, 81% from the line. Like, they don't let the free throw line beat you. You know, the Thunder don't. You know, other teams are going to. And that's something, a real strength of the Thunder is the free throw line. But yeah, Lively was great. I, I was admittedly not a huge Lively guy, mostly because I just didn't think the Thunder would take a big like him. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think they will moving forward. But he was awesome in this one. The nine of nine from the field is great, but like he's a great athlete. You saw him make like a lot of good decisions with the ball, like when to score, when to not score. Monster on the board, seven blocks. Yeah, the defense was insane. He was an absolute <clears throat> beast in this one. He was really good. And then like AJ lost, and they just kind of like struggled to find other guys. Derek Jones Jr. was really good. He had a a nice shooting game. He took twelve threes, which is yeah, just like I, a, it's like a product. Of I playing wonder with when Luka, that, you know, when that will happen again. I mean, six out of twelve for Derek Jones seems like oh, it's crazy. Not a normal thing. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Um, but yeah. That's fun. Uh, okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about some more numbers for the Thunder. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, we're back after that quick break. Um, I mean, a little bit more from this game. I mean, Josh Gay only plays 16 minutes and change in this one. He did have 10 points on 4 of 13 for the field. Not so great. Only one assist. Only three boards in those minutes. Um, I'm, I'll just say this. Like, I'm really just unwilling to like go there with Josh. Even with like the on the – people are like, well, beyond the on the off-the-court stuff, there's the on-the-court stuff. And it's like we all know in life you can't separate the two. Like, yeah. You can't. And that's why I'm like unwilling to like say like – they need to bench him. They need to not play him. They need to do this. I mean, it's you can't like disconnect these things. And then, like, you have, I mean, like, almost like everything that could go wrong is going wrong. I mean, his, so he's, he was with his agent who was with Octagon. He got his agent got fired from Octagon for like posting some stuff online about the Israeli Palestinian war to Black Lives Matter post. It was just like he got let go. Yeah. But he's keeping all of his clients. Like he's a huge Australian agent, and but you have like that going on. You have obviously all the other off the court stuff going on with Josh, and then like he didn't start the year particularly well, anyways. Like we know, like we have a larger sample that shows like Josh Giddy is a talented NBA player, like a much larger sample, and like for us to to like start to like turn on Josh as a player when he's going through like m- probably the most difficult like thing in his life he's ever gone through. 
like I just think like we we gotta have more patience than that. It's kind of where I'm at with it. And like I yeah. I, I get it. If you want to just talk about just general fit stuff, fine. But like I just can't I just can't go there yet. Like that's gonna be my stance until we have more information on this and we can kind of get away from part of it. So like I just I'm not willing to go there yet. I'm not willing to talk about trades. I'm not willing to talk about even benching him or whatever. Like I still think that he can start and if they want to bring him off the bench to just see if it helps him like sure but I'm not I'm not going to be like I'm not going to be too hard on him either way until like we have a little bit more clarity on like the way that things are going to go um I I think that this is the um, this is a good approach um it also we also need to be mindful about the fact that if it happens once in terms of him being distracted by something external, um, it's still a thing that happened, and it's a data point that we need to um, to have in mind. Mm-hmm. The second that data point that I have in my mind is that yes, he was better last season in the second part of the year, but still the all the advanced stats were not really saying with Giddy. And Shay, the offense looks great. Yeah. Which is something that the numbers say about immediately, by the way, about Chet and Shay, about yeah. uh, Shay, Dub, and Chet, about Joe and Shay. So, yes, on one hand, we don't need to rush into judgment. Um, there might be a way to maximize Giddy. I think that I looked up some numbers and I think that lineups with. Um, Chet and, and Giddy um, were doing very well at the beginning of the season. I'm not sure why the coaching staff went away from that, um, but it's something that worked. Mm-hmm. So to me, having in mind that things didn't really work between Shea and Giddy to the extent that are working between Shea and Dub and Chet, I think that this is the truth and we need to realize that. Um, and I think that it's also good to discuss, is there a way to optimize this team while Giddy is one of the best players? I think the answer is yes, if he improves in terms of rebounding and getting into the transition and also a little bit on shooting, which are stuff that are getting worse this season. And this is why I'm a little bit worried. Now, can this be all mental? Sure, it can. Um, and, 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 and for this, anyone should give Giddy's time. But we also need to realize that even last year, I mean, the difference between what is happening now with uh, Shay and, and, and Chad and what happened last year between uh, Giddy and Shay, it's it's night and day in terms of efficiency. So I think that this is a topic that um, can be addressed. Now, do, you, do we need to get into the trade modes? I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's really early. <clears throat> yeah, I just, I just think like, I don't know. Like, J- like J-Dub right now has like a really bad on-off too. You know, yeah, and so does Lou Dort, um, and so I just think at some point, like we're just kind of piling on the guy. You know what I mean? Sure. Because like we can use like the, we can, but we on Jade up. Let me let me give this data point because I think it's it's relevant. Mm-hmm. Team the units with Jade up and nor Shea nor Guinea are very positive. Mm-hmm. Plus four and, and change. Mm-hmm. With Shea is well, well a gazillion points. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Giddy, those are negatives. So. Mm-hmm. I think that 
Jadab is having a promising season, improving from last year. Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, according to cleaning the glass, he's a minus 17 and a half. Yeah. On off, yes. Yeah. Because Shea is awesome. And yeah. he's less like plus 14 and a half when, he, when he's by himself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all, all that to say. It's like, I, I still am going to like preach patience with Josh. Like, I don't, I don't think that anybody's going to give up on him anytime soon. And, and like fans expecting that to happen. It's like, no, it's they, like, they should not give up on, on Josh. Kind of and I think absurd. that they, they need to, they need to find, I mean, a way to, to make him work. And I think that again, the, the avenue uh, for that to happen is him being maybe paired with Chet a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and because I think that he can be the lead ball handler and the lead guy on a unit with, I don't know, Chet, Kenny, uh, Joe, Kaysen. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think that there needs they need to find different ways to showcase him because putting him and, and it's and it's some of this is like just the way that he's playing too. Like he's not even playing the same way that he was last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's I mean, is he like only playing for the drive? Like for only playing for his own yeah. drives right now? I mean, look at it like his assists are like way suppressed. Yeah, that is that you is know? very concerning. Like there well. was yeah. there was one play during the game where he got the ball on a hit ahead. Um, they were trying to like start a fast break, basically. He threw the ball ahead, got it back, and then threw the ball to a cutting case in Wallace, who got a bucket. You're like That was like, okay, there it is. That's like one of the... I, I just don't see him doing it a whole lot. And it's like, he can still be yeah. really effective if he rebounds and if he moves the ball like that and he gets them into like a rhythmic play. But he's so out of rhythm. Like he is a very much a rhythmic player. He's not like a crazy athlete. He's not like the way that he's going to get into his game is to have rhythm on the court and not necessarily as a score, which I think is part of the problem too. It's like he's looking too much for his own. He's looking too like I think that he's almost like too focused on trying to get to the free throw line and trying to do like these things that he's it's just like, man, just like play your game. Just play yeah. your game. And I think if he can get into get to the point where he can play his game, one like the Thunder are going to be really scary because they're really good, even playing through this like horrible stretch for Josh. Yeah, and he's been really he's been like straight up bad. Yeah, and the Thunder are still second in net rating and still really good with one of their best players performing at his like lowest he's ever played. Like I don't know if he's ever played this bad. Yeah, and so like it almost—it's kind of—it's interesting because it kind of speaks to the fact like the Thunder still have some room for improvement. If Josh can just, you know, hopefully this stuff he can get it put behind him in one way or another at some point, and then he can maybe get into a better headspace and then just like stabilize. Like he doesn't need to be like he doesn't need to be sixteen, eight, and six again. If he can be, it would be nice. It'd be amazing. But if he can be twelve, five, and five, even. On a nightly basis, twelve, eight, and five, eight. The rebounds should be high. Yeah, if he's 12, he, 12, 12, eight, and five, twelve, seven, and five, whatever. Where he is just a a better contributor to the team. Yeah. Like, boy, like the Thunder have even further to go here with like what they yeah. have. So I, I think I, that he needs to be Boston Giddy, the the game yes. where nothing worked, but he. Yes, gobbled, like, that is that is such a good that is a good like touchstone for like what 
he can still be and to like know that he like that player's not just gone you know but it might be right now and i think we can't just copy and paste this to the rest of the season for him i think that's unfair i think that's unfair yeah it, it is unfair um i think that again uh he he needs to be the guy who takes a lot of the rebounding stuff because mm-hmm. nothing else well a lot of stuff are not working in his arsenal mm-hmm. and i think that uh he can be better by yeah. getting rebounds and jump starting transitions and 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 i think that he needs to be a little bit more mindful about hey i'm getting into a crowd versus hey i have an advantage on my man and i can finish mm-hmm. because he can when he when he gets his defender on the move he's still a guy that can finish against anybody yeah um but when he attacks a set defense he's not as good if you realize that if he improves these two three things i think that he can be better mm-hmm. yeah i agree with that um okay uh on offs for like everybody we can just talk about those a little bit like the guys mm-hmm. like isaiah joe's like the on off king plus 19.3 yeah I mean, this is why Jadab is negative because Jadab never shares the court with Isaiah Joe. Yeah, which is which is a little weird to me. Like they like they could they could share they could share the court a little bit more. Um Shea is yeah. plus thirteen point eight, second on the team. Kenrich, another uh plus minus king here, plus eleven. And then Case and Wallace. It's like these bench guys. And it's also mm-hmm. um it's just not rocket science. And it's not insane to think that guys like Isaiah Joe, Kenrich Williams, Casey Wallace, what do those guys do? They play tough defense, they shoot threes, and they just make the right plays. Like yeah. Those are the guys. And the next guy in line, he's got a negative on off. Um, but it's uh, Aaron Wiggins is the next guy. It's like he, he's like another one of those same guys. And I guaranteed if you put those kind of players around Shea and Chet, you're going to win basketball games. Like you're yeah. just going to win basketball games. And like guys like Dub and Giddy, like Dub, like he's in a, he's in a different class. Like I think the world of that guy, I think he's going to make an all-star team. I think he's a very, very good player. Um, Giddy helps raise your ceiling. He also is lowering your floor right now, but I'm still a believer in what he can do to help this team get into like a rhythm and to play faster and to um, honestly, like you've said, rebound. Like he just has to be one, like one of the answers for how this team gets better as a rebounding team is Josh Giddy. Like it's still yeah. part of the answer to like how they become a better defensive rebounding team. Um, Chet is a, I mo- want- oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I wonder with Dub if, we can really, I mean, right now he is the handler on the second unit without Shea. I don't quite know if that is the best way to use him. Um, yeah. I think he can do that, but I love him and Shea together on the court. Yeah. Um, and the more I think about him, about it, the, the more I think that uh, a unit with uh, Shea, Dub, um, J. Will, Joe, and even Dort. That is a unit that can close first quarter. Mm-hmm. Is good as as good as the one with Kaysen and, and Chat? No. But you may have a unit with uh Giddy, Kaysen, and Chat open up the second quarter and having a little bit more balance where maybe you don't have a Shea Joe unit that, that that makes like a plus 
whatever mm-hmm. uh, and you have two units that have that are that have like a plus five plus six plus seven sustainable net rating mm-hmm. um uh, i don't know um I, it's not that i don't like dub with the ball in a sense um i like him especially in certain situation in the clutch he's shown to be very very good um i don't know uh, i want to see giddy back with uh, a little bit more of uh an on-ball role uh, with maybe a lot of shooting because, I mean, he needs shooting as well. We know oh, that Shea definitely. needs shooting in order to be aggressive, but even Giddy needs that. Definitely he does. Definitely he does. And Like, if you look at the lineups, I mean, the problem is, like, we have really one lineup that we have da- enough data on to, like, talk about. Yeah. And it's a starting lineup. Um, they played 400. And maybe, like, Shea plus Joe, Joe and, like, one with, with Joe and Shea have like maybe 100 sub possessions not according to cleaning the glass there's only one they have 457 possessions with the starting lineup and they're a plus 4.6 which is awesome the next the the next most played lineup is casein wallace j-dub giddy ooze and chet which, which is like a um second quarter lineup and they're a minus 25. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and yeah. that's only in 59 possessions. And so, like, everything else is 50 or below. 50 possessions are below. And a majority are, like, single-digit lineups. I mean, it's just not... We just don't have... There's not, like, lineup data that exists for the Thunder that you can dive deep on. Um, the amount of situations yeah. that all these guys are put in against different teams and against different times of the game. and I mean, it's just... There's not a whole lot that you can do with it, to be honest. So I'm just not going to do anything with it. Hey, McKelly, I I've got to go. Do you have any interest in sticking around, or you just want to end the show here? Well, if um, I can stick around a bit and okay. finish the, um, if you can keep the recording. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We'll keep going. I just and, gotta, I just gotta hop off. Okay, and I'll I'll go. If you have questions, put it on the chat. If not, I will continue discussing a little bit the net rating from cleaning the glass. Um, let me go to the page. Oklahoma City Thunder. And let's go to the on-off stats. Yeah, so we, as Andy was uh, discussing, um, Joe is the is the true king of the on-off 390 minutes plus 19.3. The offense is 15.5 points better with him on the court, and the defense is better, which to me is crazy. Um, second is uh, Shea at plus 13.8. Offense is almost 10 points better. Defense is four points better. Um, then there is uh, Kenrich and Kazen. Uh, let's go to the negative or like slightly negative. There is Aaron Wiggins, Chet Holmgrens, and Jalen Williams. Um, with Chat, the offense is negative with him on the court, which I don't think that he that he is the cause. Um, but the defense is um, is better, um, almost four points better. Like guys that have very negative net rating are on off ratings are Lugan Store, Jalen Williams, and and Giddy minus seventeen point five for both Lugan Store and Jalen Williams, and also Josh Giddy. Point is, it's not that those guys have negatives in terms of 
real production. It's that the team performs way better when they are off. It's not that, again, they are part of bad units, um, especially Jalen and Lou. They are just part of units that are worse than the one with Shea and, and Case and Wallace. Um, other guys that played very few minutes, I mean, Bertans is plus 30, but that doesn't count. Um, Mitzic is positive, uh, Waters is positive, Sar is positive. So, um, I mean, that's it. Um, guys, let's see if there are some questions and then uh, or comments and then uh, we can go. Um, from SG Duwop YT, teams are sitting in the passing lanes when Giddy has the ball. Um, sure, that is true, but if you clock the lane when Giddy is on ball and you have shooters, you can still unlock that. If you pack the paint to guard Giddy, that is a good good deal because Giddy is tall and he has length to make any pass. So I think that um, the reason why I want to play Giddy with, with Holmgren more and with two, three shooters, it's because we are not, okay, he's not employing Chad as a rim diver as Luca does with um uh, with lively and i know that you have the threat of the shooting which you don't have with giddy but you can still leverage a bit that if you if you play in space and you have a lot of shooters so i really want to see that i also want to see that with shay um i think that shay and and chet can get to the lob game a little bit more um, Michael Jordan comments bench giddy is hurting the team i don't think he's hurting the team i think that he is not awesome uh, the other the other players are playing very well. Andrew uh, hoops talk sixty nine comments that Andrew is too big league for us. Uh, probably so. Andrew is uh, Andrew is uh, the podcasting king of Oklahoma or whatever. Um, Sandy clip. Why would you want to see potentially? Who would you want to see potentially start over Giddy? Should it be matchup dependent or just let him ride out? I mean, I think that. I would see. I would look at starting Kaysen or starting Joe in in instead of Giddy if I have to. Uh, ideally, I would like to have some someone taller, but I don't want to to start Usman Jeng today uh, nor tomorrow. So probably I will stick with one. Um, I like the the energy that Joe brings off the bench, so I would um, I would start with Kaysen and see. Brighton Schmidt um, was the 30 to 0 10 minute stretch the worst 10 minutes in Thunder history. I cannot think of any 10 minute worse. Oh, no, no, no. There are, there are, trust me, this was just some like st just stupid 10 minutes of basketball in terms of hey, we're missing shots and the other guys are making all the shots. That were moment, there were moments in Thunder history that were like very tough to watch. Like the playoff game against Portland to me was extremely tough to watch. The game against Utah, that was, I don't know, that was so bad. The game in which Russ took, I don't know, 87 shots, um, that to me was worse. This one was, yeah, it's, oh, oh no, this is, uh, this is, uh, silly. Um, the other stuff was, um, uh, terrible. And again, there was the Memphis game, um, Year and a half ago, there were moments. Right now, there were moments where Charlie Brown Jr. played the game. Like, 
Kalatsakis, do you remember that? That 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 looked Isaiah Roby, Isaiah Roby game winner. Do you remember that? That that was terrible. Okay, Hoopstock sixty nine. Uh, what player archetype would you want to add to this team? You know what kind of player type of player I would add? Um, um, a better version of Jabari Smith, probably taller. No, not taller, stronger uh, with the same kind of three point shooting. Um. A guy like that, maybe not even Jabari, because I, I don't like the the overall IQ. But I, ideally, if you can find me um, a version of Aaron Gordon that has a, a tiny, little bit better shooting, I would I would grab it. Even 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 with the same kind of shooting, to be honest with you, at this point. Uh, Kenny Moore, Kenrich would be my pick if you send Giddy to the bench. Um, not enough shooting, and I think very little free throw shooting, which which is probably problematic uh, again from kenny moore uh jang with three more solid years of experience would be a great addition to this team not sure who in the league fit that description or a bigger version of carriage um jang with three years maybe a guy that stands in europe i don't know i'm i'm i i don't trust this magic miracle uh, thing that happens where a player magically becomes better I think that there are players that um, become role player, um, but not many times. And to me, when a player doesn't stick, when a player can't get uh, games, can stack up games, good games, uh, at the beginning of, the, of his career, nor in first year, nor in second year, it starts to be a little bit problematic to me to to draw a line where he he... He's a player that make noise or can fit in an NBA team. Um, Hoopstock City and I, when we can get another uh, Mickey film breakdown. Never again, probably. I don't know. Um, time is not on my side at this moment in my life. Sandy Clips. Um, why do you think Vaza isn't getting played right now? I don't know. I would. I mean, Vaza would have been good in that 30-minute stretch. He can create offense. Uh, so I, I think that I would like to see Vaza a little bit more. Hoopstock 69 again. Actualized Jang would be perfect for the starting lineup. Yeah, actualized Jang may not exist. Um, oh, let me see. Can you guys? Uh, it, this is fun. I don't know what what that is. Um, uh, fun TV. I don't know how to read it. Can you? Uh, can one of you guys please please talk about Ryan Dunn from Virginia? He has to be the best player in college basketball, and he fits the OKC Thunder mold so well. We will on the Thunder After Dark draft show in uh, in a few weeks, months. I don't know. Um, and there are a lot of talks about Dunn, which we will address in another podcast. Last question before I go. Uh, thought of trying to get Caruso. No, Fields off. We will not try to get Caruso because he's uh, not tall enough. And I don't like to add veterans that are not tall enough and, and have already similar roles. A guy like Caruso, you need to play. I don't buy the shot of Caruso to uh, a degree that makes OKC works for real. So not Caruso. Jaden McDaniels, tomorrow. Can you get JD McDaniels? No. So a guy like that, that is, that is, uh, by the way, that is the perfect guy to add to this team, to be honest with you. Uh, a versatile four that can hit corner trees, that can be a great defender on three fours and maybe some fives. That is, that is the guy. Uh, last one 
from Sandy Clips. Last, last, last one. Where do you think Clippers and Rockets finish the, uh, the season? Those picks look tasty. Um, I think that they will they will be between the playing games and maybe not the playing games. And so, yeah, those picks can be juicy. I don't expect them to have a huge amount of uh, ping pong balls in the lottery, though. Um, they can go both in the between 11 and 14, which is fine. Um, James Anderson, hi, James. Uh, what about Nick Claxon? Eh, not enough shooting, not enough spacing. I like him, but I doesn't really move the needle. Guys, uh, thank you for sticking with me for an extra, whatever, 10 minutes or so. Um, thank you for listening and subscribing to to down to dunk please keep doing that and we'll talk to you soon <laughs>